this morning. Yeah, let's give him a round of applause. Thank you, Richard. Um, Pete leads the, the team here at the river. Um, as you know, we'll have been going through the, the story, the story, the Lord's Prayer, and he's taking us on the next bit. And we're really excited. We know that you always bring um, a word that is challenging and in season. And uh, so with no further ado, I'm going to pass over to you. Thank you. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? Yeah. Not any better than that? A little bit better than that? Okay, yes, as Ruth said, we have been looking at the Lord's Prayer. And if you've been tracking through with what we've done, we've, we've had some great messages. Um, Ruth last week, Jackie week before, Roland's done one, Mick's done one, I've done some. Um, so there's some good stuff. If you've missed any of those, you can go back and look at them. And, um, but uh, they've given me this. You see, this is um, the, the opportunity to just make me look. Yeah, but I didn't do that. I didn't do that. So, um, do you know, I really enjoy preaching, but I really don't like making slides. But apparently people like slides. Do you like slides? Would you prefer prettier slides than just a plain white background? Not bothered? Just get on with your message, Pete? Okay. All right. So anyway, yes, for those of you who've not joined us before, um, we've been uh, looking at the Lord's Prayer. And this is the Lord's Prayer as found in Matthew 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. amen. Um, oh, you actually amen. <laughs> so, um, uh, if you've been tracking with us, you'll know, therefore, that I'm up to one of the challenging lines in this. This morning we're going to get to talk about temptation. Far be it from me to shy away from difficult subject matter. Um, so um, actually Leo and I, uh, let me just tell you a story, Leo and I have been uh, navigating uh, this last year uh, a little thing that's been going on. So a year ago we were contacted by a firm of solicitors who informed us, or informed Leo, that they wanted to have her to confirm her details because there was a long-lost relative who had passed away and he had an estate that, he, that obviously needed to be passed on. And so she needed to confirm the details back to this firm of solicitors so that she could um, be, receive a share of this estate. Yes, yeah, so apparently that actually happens, you know? <laughs> And, um, and so she wrote, you know, sent, sent them a, a letter back confirming the details and, and then she got a note back from them saying, thanks very much, um, this could take up to a year for this to work itself through but we'll get back in touch with you once we've worked out what the family tree is and who's who and, you know, all of that. And um, so we thought, oh... Now, I don't know what you're like. Have you ever had these moments of being tempted to think, what would you do <laughs> if you were given a sum of money? 
And, and you go, well, you know, let's not be silly. What, what would it look like if it was, you know, a thousand pounds? You know, surely they're not going to bother administrating all of this for less than that, are they? Um, what, would, what about 10,000 pounds? That would be nice, wouldn't it? 100,000 pounds, what would that be like? A million pounds. <laughs> then we thought, no, 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 hang on, this is daft, this is daft. What are we doing? Why are we, you know, we're wishing our lives away, we're trying to think about something that's, you know. Let's just pretend this isn't happening, put it in a drawer, forget about it, Yeah? So that's what we endeavoured to do. And there were little moments through the year, maybe where we felt we, we were you know, in some financial need or some desire for something. And, um, and periodically we'd, we'd catch each other. Going, Are you thinking about that thing that we said we wouldn't think about? <laughs> and um, anyway, got this week I just, it just came to my mind. And I, I said to Leo on Wednesday morning, I said, do you think that was just a scam? Because it's been like a year and we still haven't heard anything. That day, she gets a letter in the post. So I can tell you this morning that we have come into money. (laughs) Or more importantly, that Leo has come into money. £46. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Minus 15% admin fee. So the drinks are on us. You're welcome. The funny thing is, it then said, if you actually want this money, you can have it. If not, would you like to donate it to one of the following charities? <laughs> and actually, yeah, Leo works in dementia, and so there was a dementia charity on there, and it was great just to be able to give them a gift. Um, and, um, but do you know what? Our joy level didn't drop. Um, and, and it's been a thing for us to be tempted in and walk through. Yeah? Um, okay. The prayer, and we've got this, the Lord's Prayer up here. Let me just put it this way. Aerobic activity. Who does any, any exercise in this room? Don't, okay, don't show your hands because you'll make the other people feel bad. <laughs> if somebody were to do some exercise... That would increase your heart health, wouldn't it? Yeah? If you were to do some weight training, some weight lifting, that would cause you to gain strength in your muscles. Yeah? Let me put it this way. Prayer and the Lord's Prayer is an exercise for us to do to grow in trust. Faith. That's what it's for. I know there's times to pray for things, but when we really strip it back, prayer is an opportunity for us to grow in trust in the one who loves us more than we can imagine and wants more good for our lives than we can possibly dream up for ourselves. And so... Jesus gave us this prayer to help us to grow in trust in some areas as we navigate life. The whole Bible points 
to our need for Jesus. Yeah? Jesus' ministry, his life on earth, points to our need for him. And so it's fitting, therefore, that his prayer would do exactly the same thing. And yet we turn it into a work. We turn it into a, a thing to recite in 20 seconds at the end of a wedding or a funeral. The Catholic schools might even use it as a punishment that you must go and say so many our fathers for what you've done. Yeah, Those with Catholic background would know something of that. What a distortion of what Jesus ever intended for this to be. Do you know, um, yeah, we turn it into a work. And um, the Lord's Prayer is mentioned. There's two different places that Jesus mentions the Lord's Prayer. One of them is in Matthew 6, which is the one from the Sermon on the Mount. Sounds like a Friends episode, doesn't it? The one with the Sermon on the Mount. That's, so that's this one. But there's another point where he mentions it. Um, and actually, sorry, let's start with this one in the Sermon on the Mount. The context that he gives for this is actually, there's three things, three spiritual disciplines that Jesus is mentioning. And he's saying, hey, everybody, just check your motives as to why you would do the following three things. One, giving to the needy. Two, prayer. And three, fasting. Because sometimes the culture of the day with some of this stuff was that there were the kind of the religious types, the self-righteous, the holy Joes who wanted to look good in front of other people. Check me out with my fasting and my giving to the poor and my praying. And Jesus is challenging that attitude and he's saying, if you're going for an attaboy, Pete, you've prayed really great this morning. From all of you, it is completely worthless. Jesus actually says, you know what? Those guys, they've had their reward in full. It still didn't work. Why do you give me a clicker just to embarrass me? There you, look, it, I didn't do that. I have to point it that way. Why that way? Oh, I don't get it. I don't get it. Put a mirror there then. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, you're not going to get an attaboy from, the he from your heavenly father if you're going for an attaboy from your friends on earth. Yeah? You know, the irony is praying, fasting, giving to the poor. It's not even about getting an attaboy from our Heavenly Father either. It's actually about us getting an internal revelation, growing in our confidence about just how good this God is, how much he loves us, how much he loves the person that we're giving to. How much I can, I, I don't need other things like food or whatever else it is to sustain me in life because he's so good, he's got me, he's got me. And there's an internal growth that comes when we engage with these things. We get bigger and stronger in the trust department of our lives. That's the point of it. 
Second occasion is, um, and I think chronologically, the second one happened before this one, um, in Luke 11. I'm going to try it again. No, no, no. No, I didn't press it. You see, this is, oh, I don't know. Anyway, right, so Luke 11. And so this is, the reason why I think that this is, came first is because the disciples are saying to Jesus, hey, could you teach us? Could you, could you share something with us? And obviously they wouldn't have said that if he'd already done it in the Sermon on the Mount. And, um, and so they mentioned this thing about, look, John the Baptist, he gave us some stuff to pray. So can you now teach us how to pray? And as I say, the culture of the day was, was actually religious people that would go on and on, babbling, it talks about. And, um, and Jesus kind of does and doesn't answer their request. Because what he gives them is so countercultural. It's not some long highfalutin thing that's going to make you look good (laughs) he cuts to the heart of things and he's saying you know forget the external stuff that other people can see let's make this about the internals let's make this about what's on the inside the other reason I think this one came first is because it kind of reads like he's just written it on a napkin like the words are still forming before he delivers it on the sermon on the mount do you see what I mean it's really raw, isn't it? And uh, and then after this, he follows it up with quite a curious story. And his, what he's focusing on, his, his attention is in this context, is actually slightly different to what he talks about in Matthew 6. And... Um, what does the next slide say? I don't know whether we've... Oh, okay. Oh, you can leave that one there. That's fine. Um, so let me just tell you this little story that Jesus goes on. After he said to his disciples, he said, pray this stuff. Connect with your heavenly father around this stuff. He then says, look, Jesus says, imagine you've got a friend and you, the friend is coming to stay and it's midnight and you've just found out about it and you, wanna, you want to be able to give him a meal but you've got no food. So you go next door to your other friend, your really close friend, and you bang on his door. It's, it's, it's midnight, you, he's in bed, his family are in bed and you bang on the door and say, hey, I've got this other guy coming around, I want to give him some food. Um, can you help me out here? Can you give me some bread? Can, we, can you give me some food to feed him? And the, the friend would be saying, hey, hey, it's too late, I'm in bed, the door's locked, the kids are in bed, I'm not getting out of bed for you. And you say, come on, come on, come on, I, I want to get, I need to get your food, I'm, please let me in, I, you know, you, I know you want to help me out really. Yeah, do you remember that? I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And, and it then says that his response is... Um, He will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Now, this has been retranslated in recent years. Typically, the the older translations have had that word, um, uh, have had this framed around persistence. Because of your persistent knocking, I'll get up. And we've kind of had this impression that the point Jesus was making was if you just keep on banging on, going on and on and on, 
you'll eventually wear God down and he'll answer your prayer. That's not what this is talking about at all. And I'm really pleased that it's been retranslated to say because of your shameless audacity, because of your boldness, because you think that our friendship is that good that you will get me up in the middle of the night because actually you know that our friendship is that good that my door is always open to you, day or night. Because you know that, be bold in coming to me. It's completely different. Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to be courageous at connecting with your father. Otherwise, it would, it would um, go against what Jesus was saying in Matthew 6 about don't go on and on and on praying these long prayers where you're babbling and, and you know, yeah, that would be a completely mismatch on, on that. So he's saying to him, you can be so bold. Your father so wants to connect with you any time of day or night, whatever the situation, he wants to connect with you. So be bold and connect with him. Isn't that amazing? Okay. This is like he's saying to us, actually, your home is with me. We don't even live at two different addresses anymore. What do the Spanish say? Mi casa es su casa. My home is your home. My house is your house. Our access to him is so close. You, can't, you don't have a limited pass with him. You know, it's like going to the gig. You don't, you don't just get, a, who likes Taylor Swift? Anyone in the room like Taylor Swift? I normally talk about Bruce Springsteen, but I thought I'd better bring it down a notch. <laughs> Our generation, sorry. Sorry, Taylor, if you're listening. Um, uh, it's not like you just get a, a seat at the gig. You get an all-access pass for the whole tour with his mobile number written on it. <laughs> Do you see? We, we're, we're so connected and invited and welcome to connect with our Father. There's no need to bang his door down by keep going on. And... Um, yeah, so anyway, we've got um, uh, in this Lord's Prayer, we've got these three areas of um, uh, give us our daily bread and forgive us. And we've had great messages around that. And now we get into lead us not into temptation. Now, this is a verse that has caused theologians and Bible translators quite a bit of... Um, consternation over the years trying to work out how do we translate this how does this make sense because if you look at it there's an obvious maybe it's not obvious to you but there's a, a thought that people have which is does God lead us ever could he lead us ever into temptation so there's a little bit of a need to handle this verse with care I'd want to put that sticker on this to say, let's just take it easy with this verse. Yeah, there we go. I've given up with the clicker now. We're just doing it as a team, which actually suits me far better. Um, in 2019, Pope Francis, 
and his team in the Catholic Church were struggling with this to the point that he decided it was time to change the Lord's Prayer. And so they rewrote this line to say, do not let us fall into temptation. Because there was a concern that leaving as it was meant there was an implication that God might lead people into temptation. And actually, he's not alone in doing that. Lots of other Bible translators have translated it in slightly different ways. Um, uh, the Living Translation says, do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Um, also, I just want to recommend a Bible version to you, which um, is new to me. It's not actually that new. It's been out for about 20 years. This is called the Source New Testament. It's just a New Testament. Um, and um, I'm really enjoying reading it. It's come from a theologian in Australia. Um, and what she's great at doing is... Uh, Basically, over the last hundred years, there's been various discoveries of ancient texts, Greek texts, and they have given, um, and not Bible texts, but just um, papers, letters, writings. And what they've done is, is that's given um, definition for words that up to this point, Bible translators have had to take a bit of a guess at what the word means because it wasn't a common word that was used. And so I'd recommend if you enjoy studying scripture, reading different translations is quite helpful. Um, and this is just another one. Um, but they're taking, she's taking it, and in, um, yeah, she's taking um, into consideration some of the definitions of words that have been used in order to help us understand. And so actually this word temptation, um, she actually refers to it, it gets translated as ordeal. And if you look at the Greek word, I'm not a Greek scholar, but you look at the Greek word for it, the Greek word, it, it talks more about a challenging time, a testing time, rather than temptation, rather than being tempted. And it's, it's, and it's where we get the word piracy from. It's like being worn down by somebody that wants to overwhelm you with negative stuff over a period of time. Temptation comes when, how do you respond to that? Do you see? So, it, it, and I'm not just trying to do this to complicate things or make it wordplay, but I'm just trying to say um, it's helpful to look at the way that things are, are translated, the way that things are written. Anyway, one of the things that I think this verse should do for us because the Lord's Prayer is, as we've said, it's not just a thing to be recited and work through. This is actually an invitation to a longer encounter with our Father. Yeah? Because you, you kind of look at it and you go, actually, how am I doing with this thing? How am I doing with this bit? How am I doing with this? And so in this section, it's the same thing. Now, it shouldn't take us very long to go, well, actually, this reminds me, the, this phrasing Somebody we know was tempted by the evil one. Yes? <laughs> Jesus was led into the wilderness and was tempted by the evil one. And so it's helpful to look at actually what did Jesus endure? What did he encounter? And how does that speak to us? Um, so 
Herwiden. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during these days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it's written, men shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of this world. And he said to him, I will give you all of the authority and splendor it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be yours. Jesus answered, it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. Um, if you uh, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. You will lift up your hands, uh, they will lift up their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil finished all this tempting, he left him at an opportune, uh, until an opportune time. Okay, why all of that? This is pretty clear, isn't it? You will all face, just as Jesus faced, temptation, evil coming at you in three different ways when we boil it down. Anything to do with our physicality, lust of the flesh. He was hungry. So he's going through an ordeal, yeah? And he's hungry. If you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. So there's temptation around, actually, I'm not sure I can trust God for my physical sustenance. Yeah? And that can not only be food, that can be anything to do with us physically. So that's where the lust sex stuff will jump in. Um, then we've got lust of the eyes. Showed him in an instant the kingdoms of the, this world. It's us getting a letter through the post. Imagine what your life could be like. Let's paint you a picture. It could be you. You could live this life. <gasps> you start going, whoa. Yeah? Or pride. He will command his angel, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You'll be all right. You've got this sussed. You know a thing or two. And so this is familiar to any of us, yeah? No? Just me? All three of those from time to time? <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. Now, the point is this. Jesus went through all of those things and didn't sin. In fact, he overcame. And more than that, not only did he overcome it for himself, but he overcame it for us too. So it says in Hebrews 2, Since the children, this is us, have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so we're just talking about Christmas, the incarnation, God's coming down as, as a man, in flesh and blood, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds power over death, that is the devil, and free those, uh, all, free those who all their lives were held in slavery by fear of death. Isn't this amazing? We have been set free from our slavery 
to the liar. We have already been delivered. Yeah? Jesus came and disarmed and defeated the enemy. It's a really cheesy joke. The enemy has no arms and no feet. (laughs) I know that was cheesy, but surely a chuckle. No? Nothing? God, you're a tough audience this morning. Um, We just sung a song, right, this morning about the joy of the Lord being our strength. In the darkness I'll dance, in the shadows I'll sing. Really? It's a bit ballsy, isn't it? Oh, did I say ballsy in church? <laughs> it's, it's, that's a bit audacious, isn't it? That's a bit bold, isn't it? <laughs> what gives us the confidence to think that we can sing and dance in the midst of an ordeal? In the midst of a... Of a testing time in the midst of something that's really difficult that we're going through in life what gives us that confidence the risen Lord Jesus who lives in here who overcame the power of this for us yeah this is incredible stuff this is stuff you could get excited about you could build a life on he overcame the liar and the deceiver to break the power of evil over us That's a really good point. The next point is that Jesus gets it. He understands what this is to be tempted in different ways. He's not just almighty God, although he is almighty God. He gets what it is to be in skin. And that sometimes that's really hard. He gets it. He gets you. He gets, he gets what it is to experience that sense of temptation, to despair. And sometimes temptation is really subtle. For me this week, I had moments of being tempted to not believe the best of somebody. It's, it's subtle. Because love looks like believing the best not standing in judgment over somebody else but yeah we get we get tempted into doing it don't we yeah for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but we have one we have one we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he didn't sin Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. Do you know, not only when we pray the Lord's Prayer and mean it and go through, you know, have an encounter with Him, not only are we praying, but Jesus is interceding with us he's actually joining us even in the areas of temptation in our life what about the temptation to believe that you're rubbish that you're not as smart as the other kid at school 
that you're not this, that you're not that. We do it sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves. We put ourselves down. We're tempted to believe what the liar is saying about who we are rather than believing the truth. And I know that that's not just me because it says here in, in 1 Corinthians that no temptation has overcome you except that which is common to mankind, which basically is a fancy way of saying you're just like everybody else. There's a leveller going on. We're all the same. We all, at points, get tempted to believe rubbish, which is essentially believing that life without God is better than life with God. We all get tempted with that, you know? But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, it also provides you with a way out so that you can endure it. He's not going to leave us in this place. Jesus is the way and also the way out. I like that. I came up with that all by myself. says in the Passion Translation to bring you out victoriously. I like that. It gives it a bit more welly. I kind of want us to have a, a bit of a revolution in our thinking around this subject. We wanted to focus on the Lord's Prayer because there is genius in Jesus' words. And I want to encourage you to dig deeper into them. Because actually confidence grows, it rises in each one of us as we actually engage with this. You get stronger. It's why he gave it to you. He wants you to be strong and fearless. So we can be honest about the fact that temptation comes. But actually we don't need to be scared of it. He says that you're more than a conqueror. He says that you're an overcomer. By trusting in his word. Now I know I'm really making it sound simple. And we're going to pray in a minute for all of us. Because we all need this. We all need help in this area. And maybe it's not today. Maybe today you're going to be temptation free. <laughs> maybe. But there'll be a point this week. Where you will be tempted to believe something. That is other than what God thinks. And I want this to arm us. I want us to be stronger and smarter as a result of this. I want you to remember my words this week when this happens. Because this is where we get to win little battles of our lives. The next time you're tempted to believe something stupid. The next time you're tempted to look to watch something stupid. The next time you're tempted to judge somebody in a way that is less than the beautiful prince or princess that Jesus has created them to be. The next time you're tempted this week to believe something about yourself 
to see yourself without a crown on your head. To see you as less than a son or a daughter of the King of Kings. So shall we, uh, shall we pray? Because basically what I want this to do is I want these words to stick and sink down and, um, and do us all some good. Let's, let's stand. Holy Spirit, I want to pray that you'd take the words that I've shared this morning and that you would cause them to take root in our lives. That we would be strengthened by your word. Lord, I want to thank you just as we were singing earlier on, you didn't fail. You didn't fail at the cross. You didn't fail at redeeming us, buying us back, ripping us out from a a life of slavery, of, of not being free to live victoriously. You didn't fail at that. You succeeded when you conquered sin and death, when you took us with you, when you ascended And we rose with you and we were born again, seated literally at the same address with the Father and the Son. We don't have to work hard to try and get your attention. We don't have to try and work hard in our prayer lives to wear you out and get an okay then, I'll answer your prayer. Because we're right with you. So Lord, I pray for each one of us, Lord, that we would trust you afresh. Any of us around this room who've had trouble believing that you could possibly be trusted, I pray that you'd minister to our minds right now and our hearts right now, that we can trust you. If all else fails, if everything else is sinking sand, Jesus, I thank you that you are the rock on which we stand, that you are going nowhere, that you're solid, you're the, you are this firm foundation. We make a choice right now to remind ourselves it's who you are. We put our trust in you again. Jesus, I'm sorry for the days that I don't believe it. I'm sorry for the moments where I believe other things, where actually I believe the liar the one that was disarmed and defeated. Why do I want to empower him again? It's a waste of time. So Lord, I'm sorry for when I have, but Lord, I'm choosing right now to put my trust in you in a brand new way. For those in this room right now who are going through a testing time where you feel like you're under attack, Jesus, I want to thank you that you are the way and the way out. (laughs) We're never on our own. 
biggest lie the enemy tries to tell us is that we're on our own. That we're forgotten about. That we're irrelevant. It's not true. Jesus, thank you that you're praying for us. We are literally conversation on your lips and on the Father's lips in heaven right now. Our cause, our concern, the stuff that we're going through, it matters to you. We matter to you. And we're so grateful. And Lord, that gives us a confidence to dance and to sing when there's shadows around, when there's darkness around, because the light in us is so bright. Help us to make a choice to trust the light, to trust you. It says in James that every good thing comes from you. That you're not concerned with the small stuff. You don't try and trip us up. You're not interested in tripping us up. In fact, it even says in James that you, that you God, do not tempt us. You don't tempt us. Because you can't be tempted, so you don't have temptation to give. So we can be confident that you, you're not the one that brings the ordeals, that brings the trials, that brings the challenges. And even when we're going through them, you're the one that sustains us, protects us, and leads us through and out the other side victoriously. It's what you do, it's who you are. So Lord, I thank you for this. Thank you for this firm foundation. Pray for each one of us this week with the things that we might face, things that we might come across. Any area where we might have um, things that we could get disappointed about or we could get tempted to believe something else. Lord, I pray that this moment, these words, these verses would come alive, that there would be a sharp double-edged sword, that just in the same way, Jesus, that you um, handled the enemy in the wilderness by using your word against him is how you equip us to do the same thing. So I pray your word would be fresh on our lips. Jesus, thank you that you've delivered us from the evil one and that we now stand in your victory. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.